Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 113. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I'm very excited to introduce a very special guest, Craig Morrison. Craig, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, I am. Let's let's do this. Okay. Great <laughs> to have you here. Craig Morrison is the operations manager at Morrison Enterprises. Craig grew up with a father, Art, whose life was evolved around cars since the 70s. His father sent him off to find his way in the world, and after some time in the South Pacific and other adventures, he returned to the family business ready to be much more than just Art's son. Morrison Enterprises designs, builds, chassis, custom chassis, and all sorts of components for custom cars, street rods, and more. Craig works alongside his father, Art, and a talented team building dreams for automotive enthusiasts around the world. So, Craig, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take some time and share some more about your history, your business, your interests, and, of course, your passion for automobiles that go really fast? Yes, definitely. I've been part of our company, Art Morrison Enterprises, pretty much since the day I was born. The original shop was within walking distance of of our house when I was growing up. And so as a kid, I got to sort of go down and and play around with the cars that that my father was building as turnkey drag race vehicles. One lucky kid. In fact, I'll tell our listeners, on your show notes page, there's a picture of you sitting in one of those frames of one of those dragsters. And I think you're, what, three years old in that picture? Yeah, three, two, three. Um, I don't think much more than older than that. Um, <laughs> and so from that early age, I've always sort of been around high-performance drag race vehicles, hot rods, muscle cars, and, and that sort of thing. And uh, so it's just been it's been really great. And, and actually working here at the company, I started – a lot earlier than what uh, labor and industries would like to hear, but um, I started sweeping floors in the summertime when I was a kid just to earn some pocket money and that sort of thing, and and worked in the manufacturing side, bending up roll cages and, and roll bars when I was in high school, and then all through through college. It's been a lot of fun to learn all the different 
pieces and parts of the company and then uh, and then come back and, and work full-time in, in sort of the operations side of things. Sure. Well, we had your dad on the show a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. he told me that it was important for you to go off and kind of find your way in life before you just started working in the company. And, and there were many aspects to that, but maybe you can share a little bit about that journey before we get into some of the questions and what you learned from that and then what brought you back to make the decision that, you know what, this is what I want my life to be about. After getting my degree in uh, business up at the University of Washington, I wanted to go out and and uh, and just sort of explore the world a bit. So fortunately, I, would, I had the ability to do that. And so for nine months, I traveled, did a big loop through the South Pacific and got to go to some of the great island nations of the Pacific and went to Australia for five months and was was able to jump into the car culture there and got to see some of the drag races and car shows and, and events down there and just had a, a fantastic time. And when I came back, I got to do a few other things as well. I worked actually down at Byers Custom and Restoration doing paint jobs and body work and prep work and that sort of thing for John. And after that, I also worked at another company called ARB, and it's an Australian four-wheel drive company, and their North American headquarters was located in Seattle. And so I worked with them for a year also doing marketing and, and trying to get them involved in some new different markets. So you got your, your hands dirty, if you will, doing a bunch of different things. And John, being a local painter here, I just and does incredible work. I mean, some of the best paint I've ever seen on cars. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's just fantastic. I need to get him on the show, by the way. But... Uh, but that's fantastic. And then you came back to Art Morrison Enterprises and started working there. Why don't you share a little bit about what your involvement is there, what your responsibilities are there? My current role today is as vice president of the company. I do sort of the operations management and, and make sure that everything is is running decent on a, on a day-to-day basis. In addition to that, I also am in charge of the marketing for the company setting ad schedules and working with our ad agency to develop new ads and work on the catalog and new products and so there's I've I've got my fingers in in pretty much every aspect of the of the business at this stage and it's just it's a lot of a lot of fun a lot of fun well sounds like it and with a small business like what you guys have you've got to wear a lot of hats and uh, and change <laughs> yeah. roles and pivot and move and and do a lot of different things but it's great because it gives you great experience and and you mm-hmm. get to be involved in so many aspects of the business. So that's fantastic. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start our talk with a success quote. And this is something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Craig, I know you love to drive cars, so take the wheel. All right. There's actually two quotes that I I really enjoy and, and sort of look towards quite a bit. Uh, the first one, actually, Art told me and, and has repeated it numerous times. This quote is from Robert Frost, and the quote is, the best way out is through. Mm. And it's just a great reminder that if any time there's an obstacle, it's way too easy just to sort of procrastinate and put it off and not address it. But the the best way to sort of take care of that obstacle or uncomfortable situation is just to meet it head on, take care of it, and then it's behind you and you can look towards the next positive thing. Great way to approach challenges. Oh, definitely. And then and then the other one that I've always really enjoyed 
is one from an explorer by the name of Norman Vaughn, and he traveled with Admiral Byrd down to Antarctica back in the 20s. And the quote that I I got from him was, dream big and dare to fail. Mm. That one's always stuck with me, too, because, I mean, you can't achieve great things unless you dream big, and, and sometimes they don't necessarily happen the way, way that you want, but uh, you're never going to get the big results if you don't go for them. Well, I love both of those quotes. They're fantastic. And I love the second one, too, because you're an adventurer. You took off and went around the world and, and had some great adventures. Are there some ways that you've incorporated those success quotes into your business and your life there at Art Morrison Enterprises? The last one, the dream big and dare to fail. One of the things that, that we do here at Art Morrison Enterprises is is we're always trying to improve what we have and and what's available for the customers. And so our great staff of engineers and and fabrication people here will come up with different really great ideas and sometimes when you when you first look at them it sounds like something that might not be achievable or feasible, but we'll say, "Hey, let's let's give it a shot. Let's go for it." And a lot of times, they they turn out and are just absolutely fantastic and and help either us do things better internally or help create a new product that winds up being a next big hit. Oh, fantastic! Love that. Could you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? And you grew up in a car family, so. My gosh, you had many, many moments in your life to be infatuated and, and to fall in love with cars. But is there one pivotal moment in your mind that you really knew you were a car guy? Gosh, there's just, I mean, there's so many because, I mean, the V8 engine and the, the drag race cars and that sort of thing are sort of a, a defining feature of who I've been my entire life. I would have to say probably those those really early days of sort of going down to to my dad's shop when it was just a two to three man operation and getting to play around with the cars and and then going up to the drag races and watching them run it was just a great thing and to to be around that when I was such a little guy was just it was a lot of fun and uh and just really really great so i mean anytime anytime I think about cars and and that sort of thing i i always remember just really being blown away by getting to sit behind the seat of a of a dragster or uh, a door slammer type drag race car and uh just it was great great fun and a lot of good memories well you're very one very fortunate little kid (laughs) and there's a lot of listeners right now they're saying oh my gosh you got to grow up around that kind of stuff what a lucky guy so very fortunate Craig, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and and crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty, something you've done for a long time being around building cars. And have you share with us a great challenge or a great failure that you've faced in your career, your business, maybe your life? But more importantly, how did you overcome that situation and what did you learn from it? Probably one of the biggest challenges that anybody has with a family-run business is that even though I've sort of gone out and done quite a few different things and, and sort of earned uh, earned my stripes before I came back to Art Morrison Enterprises, there's always the tendency or the, oh, I'm not sure if it's even the word tendency, but the, the, the fact that people will still look at me as sort of saying, oh, well, that's his art son, and, and the only reason why he's in the position that he's in is because of the last name and that sort of thing. And sure. I mean, yeah, of course, you get definite hands and... and uh, help up because because it is a family-run business but 
I am always very conscious of of that, and so I always try to try to stay as professional as possible and and really focus on where the company is going and how I can can push that in in the direction that both Art and I want the company to go in, and and so that's sort of the the biggest personal challenge that I've got. As far as a, a company challenge, I think with the way technology is today, and the way that we're sort of trying to get these chassis and suspension systems more sophisticated, it's always a real challenge to try to be able to design new pieces and parts, whether it's a, just a suspension system itself or a complete chassis, and make it affordable that home enthusiasts and builders can can purchase our part and, and not sort of blow their budget out of the water. And that's, that's always a real challenge because there's things out there that we want to do that after we do feasibility studies and, and price things out, it just we can't do them because of the cost would be so great. So sure. that's that's something that's always a real a real big issue as well. Oh, I I can only imagine and trying to gauge and judge the market and what would be acceptable to a prospective customer and what they're going to spend versus what's going on in the economy at that moment. And there's just uh, <laughs> there's got to be so many different variables moving all the time. It's like. It's like the components in an engine. If they're not all working right together, things are a little off. The tuning's a little off. So Exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing those with me. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum and have you share a story when you had a real aha moment in your business and your career, a time when you realized that, you know what, I think this idea is really going to make it or this concept or the direction that we're shifting the business in and tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Well, I think the biggest aha moment for me personally and for the company happened in the early 2000s. I traveled, we we traveled around the country to a bunch of, at that time, drag race events, street rod and muscle car shows, and we had a, a 40-foot semi-trailer that would go around to all these events around the country and then set up and show off our wares and, and talk to customers. Mm-hmm. And I was gone for, for nearly a full month out on the road with our our truck driver and it was a it was a great experience and every single show I went to customers would ask gosh why why doesn't Art Morrison Enterprises add the body mounts and bumper mounts and all of the things necessary to put a body and engine and trans onto one of our frames and at the end of this 3 week or month long period I mean, I'd heard this question asked hundreds and hundreds of times, <laughs> so I got I got quite good at answering the question. Yeah. But when I when I got home, I sat with my father Art, and I said, "Gosh, I said we need to figure out how to do a chassis that has every single mount on it that a customer can just buy it from us and just literally start bolting pieces and parts onto that that frame." And so we had quite the database set up already of of different chassis that we had custom made over the years and so we started looking at what was the most popular and at that time the 1955 to 1957 Chevrolet was way ahead of everything else and so we looked at that and then I started writing a business plan up as far as what we needed to do to to be able to reverse engineer the chassis what we needed to do to build the tooling what shows were coming up and and set goals as far as where and when we were going to have that first chassis done to show off to people. And it wound up absolutely changing the face of the company. To this date, 
we have sold over 1,100 of those frames oh, wow. for the 55 to 57 Chevys. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's great because we offer them in, in both left-hand and right-hand drive. We have them over in Europe, South America, Australia. We even have a customer in Jakarta, Indonesia with a 57 Chevy with <laughs> cool. one of our frames underneath it. So they literally are in on all corners of the planet, which is just it's really amazing to, to find out about. Oh, you know, there's a great message there, and I hear this over and over again, is your customers will tell you what their needs and wants are if you're just willing to listen to them. Oh, and exactly. Obviously, you were listening to them and came back home and, and did a great pivot, and uh, wow, the, the success came afterwards. That's fantastic. What a great story. How about your proudest business moment in your career? Can you remember one specific? I'm sure you've had many, but one specifically that really stands out. The whole project of the 55 to 57 Chevy chassis was a really proud moment for me because it was something that I instigated. I wrote up the business plan for and and really pushed and got it going. And Art and I, it was one, one of the things where we were down here on weekends doing all the measuring and, and everything else. So that was that was a real great moment of pride for me with, with the company. Yeah. And another one... Another one that's been been really great is this new rear suspension system that we have. That it's a, an independent rear rear end that we do now for our chassis, and uh, I absolutely can't take credit for it at all. It was something that our our engineer had come up with, and and he and I helped get the direction going of what what we wanted to do. But that was another another really great piece for the company because it was the first aftermarket multi-link IRS that that's available and has just absolutely been a great success and this year is the first year that we've had them available for sale we've we've really sort of surprised ourselves with just how popular that particular add-on item has been oh fantastic let's have a little fun here and talk about your first really special car and, and maybe you could share a memory you had with that vehicle the first really special car that that i ever had or was involved with I actually still have today and it's a 1940 Ford Coupe we got the car a month to the day after my 15th birthday and it was it was something that we saw in, in the local newspaper and this was before the internet and Craigslist and all that sort of thing we found it in <laughs> yeah. the in a in the Tacoma News Tribune under their their car section it was in a storage facility and there was no fenders on it and every all the spare pieces and parts were stuffed either in the trunk or in the driver compartment. It was one of those sort of classic basket case car projects. And over the course of 10 years, my father and I, we built the chassis for it, did all of the sheet metal work on it. I was part of building the engine and uh, and getting this, this V8 put together, and it was a, a big block Chevy that we wound up putting into it. I did some of the wiring, did all the paint and body work myself, and then also did some of the upholstery. And so it really taught me a lot about different pieces and parts to the car. It was a great learning experience in addition to to being able to have a, a great car at the end of it. It's something that I still have, and it's it's a real hot rod in every sense of the word. It runs in the high 10 seconds in the quarter mile, and it has big loud exhaust and big tires and it's just it's a a pretty rowdy car um <laughs> and just it's it's good fun to take out from time to time. Ah, uh, sounds like it. Fantastic. I love that. 
How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've had that you sold that you really wish you could have back? Actually, the it's kind of surprising being a car guy, but I've had very few cars over the years. Mm-hmm. When I get something, I tend to hold on to it. Yeah. The 40 Ford is something that I have a real love-hate relationship with. <laughs> sort of outdated in its build style mm-hmm. and I've thought about selling it but then every time I look at it or take it for a drive I just can't get myself to put a for sale sign on it and I've talked to enough people over the years that have told me never sell your first hot rod or classic car project yeah. that I've I it's still it's still there in the family and and I don't think I don't think I'll I'll sell it I'll, I may sort of rebuild it or change it up a little bit but Actually, selling it, I'm I'm not sure if I could bring myself to do it. No, I tell you, if uh, the over a hundred guests I've had here on Cars, yeah, could be a little word of advice for you, and I've heard it over and over and over again. They would all say, "Don't sell it. Hang on to it, unless you have to. You know, just hang on to it because uh, the fact that you're in the business you're in, you can change it up, you can bring it forward, you can add some of the components you want on it to make it more comfortable. Uh, yeah, hang on to that baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great advice. Yeah. Is there a current project that you're working on right now that has you really excited and fired up? Yes, and it's actually a project for my wife. It's a 1953 Studebaker. Oh, right. They're a really great car, and for their time in the early 50s, I mean, it was a really, really advanced design. There's a great story with it. We were going back to the uh, big show in Columbus, Ohio, that was run by the Good Guys organization. And it's their sort of national event, and there's anywhere from five to 6,000 cars at the show. So, I mean, it's a monster of a show. Yeah. And we traveled across the country to go back to it, and, and my wife and I had just gotten married, and I said, gosh, you know, it's a great opportunity for you to see a lot of the country because she's originally from, from England. And I said it will be a chance for us to see parts of the country that we'll, we'll probably never go to on vacation. And then you can go sort of see what these shows are all about. When we got back to the event, I had to work the booth and, and sell product and things. And, and my wife went out and just walked around the, the fairgrounds. And I didn't see her at all that first day. <laughs> and at the, the end of the day, she came back right before closing. And I said, gosh, was there anything that you saw that, that you really liked? And she said, yes. She said, I really liked the Studebakers. Hmm. Well, there's the slope nose 53, and then there's the bullet nose 50s. And I'm not a fan of the early bullet nose cars at all. And I just thought, oh, please don't say it's a 50. <laughs> and uh, she proceeded to describe it to me, and uh, and it was a 53 Studebaker, thank, yeah. thank goodness. <laughs> and um, just by walking around that first day at the show, she described what and how she wanted to do it. Suede paint, red steel wheels with white wall tires, tuck and roll upholstery, and just sort of described the perfect period correct hot rod, which just blew me away. That, I think that you married the right to... woman. <laughs> oh, exactly. And so for Clary's birthday a few years ago, we were able to find a 53 Studebaker locally that was in, in decent condition. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to partner up with one of the Street Rod magazines and, and go ahead and, and build the car up and have it as a great sort of grand touring type car. Ah, oh, fantastic. One lucky lady, one lucky guy. That's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a great story. Now, here's a fun question for you today, Craig. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Uh, this, 
I must admit, you had some great, great questions. <laughs> I think the vehicle that I would have to say I'd like to be is an old vintage Land Rover, like a Series 2A or, or even a Series 2. And yeah. the reason why is because traveling around, you always see those those old Land Rovers, the classic sort of safari vehicles, in just sort of the most bizarre spots around the world. And they're always sort of going and doing cool things and on great adventures and, and that sort of stuff. And having the travel bug for quite some time, I think it'd be great just to, to be one of those, those classic Land Rovers going out and doing sort of great things in the far-flung reaches of the planet. You know, that's why I love this question, because if people answer it honestly, not by selecting the car that they like the best, but how it describes them, it really brings out the personality. And you picked a great car because you love to travel, and, and those vehicles can go just about anywhere in the world. So great answer. Exactly. Great answer. Oh, That's wonderful. So, Craig, we're up to the last lap, and this is where I fire off a series of questions. And you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you buckled up and ready? Sure, let's go for it. Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? The best piece of automotive advice I've ever received is, again, a great a great quote that you drive the car, don't let it drive you. <laughs> yes. And there was a time up at the up at the drag strip where I was sort of surprised by one of our customers and friends and got to get behind the wheel of a, of a drag car that was capable of some pretty crazy speeds as I got the fire suit on was was getting buckled into the car Mike Furter the the guy who owned owned the car leaned in and he told me he said Craig he said you drive the car don't let it drive you <laughs> there's been a number of times where I've been in in situations with different cars that I sort of remember that quote and it's uh it's saved my bacon a few times <laughs> I'll bet it has I'll, you know it's a great saying and the first time I ever got into a race car that was faster than I was, the guy leaned in and said to me something very similar. He said, remember, the throttle goes both ways. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so great exactly. great piece of advice. Could you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Just having a passion and excitement about sort of what's going on here at the company and sort of what what we're doing. I mean, the thing the thing that's great is on a on a day-to-day basis – we get to talk with people about sort of the dream project that they've always wanted to do. And we're sort of at that, the, the base or the start of every car project because the, the chassis and suspension is sort of the foundation of, of every great project. And so to, to talk with so many people around the country and around the world about different cars and what they want to do and what their plan for it is, it's just it's great fun and and it just is really exciting on a day to day basis and to be able to share with with our great staff some different stories that that customers will share with us or about different projects and and where they're at and what's being done with them it just it's a lot of fun to share that with everybody here and to to get them sort of fired up and excited about what they're doing and to to have them realize that what's being built here is is going to be cherished. For, for quite some time by collectors uh, here in America or anywhere in the world. Oh, fantastic. Do you have a resource that you could share with us that you're really fond of? Maybe it's a website that you go to or a blog you get? 
Gosh, I mean, there's so many of them, websites these days that are great resources for the, the classic Chevy enthusiast. There's tri5.com and chevytalk.com that are just are fantastic resources for people that want to get information on those cars. And for guys that are building muscle cars and, and 50s and 60s era cars to sort of ride and drive like new vehicles, uh, protouring.com and, and lateralg.net are both real great sites. And then sort of personally, it's fun to have a couple friends in the industry like uh, John Byers at Byers Custom and Restoration. I can sort of go pick his brain on, on paint and body and paint restoration ideas and and my friend Jamie McFarland at McFarland Custom Upholstery he's always great to to have have as a resource to ask questions about upholstery stuff and how to do things and when it sort of gets above and beyond my level of expertise I can always take something down to to Jamie and and have him turn it out pretty quick for me ah fantastic resources how about books is there a book that you've read in the past that you'd love to share with our listeners i think one of the greatest car books that I've I've read that just had so many great stories in was Cannonball, uh, about <laughs> the old Cannonball runs yeah. across the country. It was sort of a, a great time for those events back then, and, and a lot of the people that were participating were sort of larger-than-life characters, so that's, that's always a, been a great, a great fond read. And I've been fortunate enough to get to meet a few of the folks that that actually ran in those Cannonball events, and and so it's been that was a real a real great book. And currently, the the one I'm reading, and it actually has nothing to do with cars, but it's just fascinating nonetheless, is a book called Command and Control, and it's a a book about the history of atomic weapons in America and some of the the close calls with accidents and things and it's a completely true history of it but there's so many pieces and parts that read like a fiction novel is just incredible ah fantastic well listeners you can find links to all these great resources that craig has been so kind to share with us at carsyad.com slash craig morrison how about interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars do you have some things that you do when you get out of the shop oh gosh tons and uh it, I always enjoy sort of trying new things, but one thing that the, we do sort of as a family quite a bit in the summer times is lots of camping and, and hiking and, and that sort of thing. It's just real great fun to get outdoors, uh, quite big into cooking as well. Mm-hmm. And um, that part of it is great because at the end of the day, it's just a lot of fun to go home and, and cook. Yeah. And it's something completely different than what I do here at the office that I can just sort of switch off and try different recipes and things and do a lot of barbecues and, and smoking and, and that sort of thing on the weekends. Just it's great fun. Fantastic. All right, we're up to the checkered flag now, Craig, and this last question can be a real doozy for some people. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and money's no object, today I'm going to buy you whatever you like, what would that vehicle be and why? Oh, gosh, there are... It is really difficult to sort of narrow it down to just one specific vehicle because there's there's so many great cars out there. That's why I asked it. It's a tough one. (laughs) There's sort of the the iconic cars such as like the the 250 GTOs and the F40 Ferrari that I I really sort of want to say that I would love to have you buy because there's no way that I could even 
come close to buying a, a single piece or part to one of those. Oh, gosh, yeah. The Land Rover, the old Series 2A Land Rover that I had mentioned earlier, one of those definitely will be in the collection at, at some stage. Then the old classic French coach-built cars like the Talbots and, and that sort of thing are just... Oh, the old spe- teardrop cars. Oh, they're really, really great sort of pieces of, of mobile sculpture. I mean, they're just fantastic. But I think the uh, the one that I'm going to have to go with, and, and your your pocketbook will be quite happy with this decision, too. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, is a early Ford Model T. Oh, my gosh. And the the reason why I think I've always been fascinated with those cars is that, one, it's sort of, they're so basic and simple and straightforward vehicles. I mean, there's just basically nothing but an engine, tires and wheels, and some way to take and put that power from the engine down to the wheels. And also, the Model T was the first vehicle out there that, yeah, there was other ones available before then, but it was the first vehicle that everybody in America could afford. So I think having something like that in a collection is always important to sort of be able to show you or remind you what what and where cars have come from. Well, it's a very interesting choice, but I love the reasoning behind it. And it's a, a fantastic part of our history, of course, here in the United States and the world's history. And my neighbor across the street used to have one, and he would run over and beep his horn or squeeze the horn there and give me some rides around the neighborhood here. And they are very, very interesting vehicles, unique, different in every way. So wonderful choice. I love the reasoning behind it as well. Craig, you've taken us on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Ford Model T? Gosh, I think the biggest piece of advice I can give is just sort of be passionate about what you do. I'm blessed and fortunate enough that every day is something new and exciting. To come to work and get paid for it is just it's fantastic. And the fact that we get to work with people and help them sort of put their dream together it's just it's great and also to take and surround yourself with with fantastic people and at art morrison enterprises that's one thing that's just been great is that we've got such a wonderful staff from through our manufacturing shipping sales engineering i mean everybody we have here is just wonderful and and they're the reason why we are turning out the the great things that we are today well i can tell your passion shines through and i want to thank you for sharing that with us and what would be the best way for our listeners to learn more about art morrison enterprises the best way was it would be to to have a look at us on the internet and our website is artmorrison.com okay and there you can get information on our chassis and suspension systems see videos of customer vehicles and and also lots and lots of pictures of all of the different cars that we've been uh we've been fortunate enough to be part of well listeners you can find links to everything we've talked about today here at carsyad.com slash craig morrison thank you craig for being so generous with your time and your expertise and your passion and sharing your experiences with our listeners today oh hey thank you oh you're welcome Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!